Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Daniel, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Take your Bible and turn to Daniel chapter 2, the awesome, awesome, awesome book of Daniel, particularly chapter 2. I told you last week that Daniel is a book of prophecy. Did you know that one-third to one-fourth of the Bible is prophetic? Now, that would mean to us that we should be students of the Bible and we should understand this whole subject of prophecy. If one third to one fourth of the Bible is prophetic, then it's an important subject. What is prophecy? Remember, I gave it to you earlier. You're writing this down. Prophecy, simple definition. Prophecy is history in advance. History in advance. No more Ever will you ever see that history in advance than here in chapter two. Now, Christians have been accused of being too excited or caught up, excited whenever we talk about prophecy. And it's true. That's not a an accusation. That's not true. It's very true. We get I don't know about you, but I get excited when I talk about prophecy because not because I get some intellectual stimulation from understanding the deep things of God. Not because of that. I get excited about prophecy because prophecy. Remember, I told you last week confirms our faith and it confounds the critics. Prophecy confirms our faith. When you look at prophecy and you see it fulfilled tonight, you will see it like you've never seen it before. It just cements the fact, confirms the fact that Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus is coming back someday. He's going to rule and reign in righteousness forever and ever and ever. It just cements that. It confirms our faith. And certainly, I could get excited about that. And it confounds the critics. They, critics don't know what to do with this whole thing. A prop. They have no. They don't know what to do. They they have no idea, and particularly critics don't know what to do with this second chapter of Daniel. I'm amazed at the stuff that people can come up with when they want to reject the Word of God. It's amazing. Well. If you were with us last week, you know, chapter one, remember, we met a teenager, a 16-year-old boy, young man, by the name of who, saints? Okay, that was four of y'all. All All right, good. All right, we met a 16-year-old young man by the name of? Thank you. 
And Daniel was a man of purpose. Daniel was a man of prayer. And Daniel was a man of prophecy. Write that down. He was a man of purpose. He was a man of prayer. And as you'll see tonight, Daniel is a man of prophecy. And the prophecies that we're going to look at, remember last week I told you to bring a friend. The prophecies that we're going to look at will blow your mind. Chapter 2 of Daniel has been called the backbone of Bible prophecy. And then in chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 9, they are known as the ribs of Bible prophecy. So with chapter 2, chapter 7, 8, and 9, we have the skeleton of Bible prophecy. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Very important to understand that. The skeleton of Bible prophecy. So, now keep in mind, chapter 2, Daniel. Daniel wrote this chapter before these things happened. And the things that Daniel prophesies about are so accurate that the higher critics say that Daniel couldn't have written Daniel in the time of Daniel, that some guy claiming to be Daniel had to have written Daniel at some time later. They call this the late date. And the reason why they say that, that Daniel had to be written at a later date, was because the prophecies are too accurate. Now, remember in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, Jesus quotes, might I add, the one and only Daniel. In Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet. So Jesus is putting his seal of approval on Daniel. So these higher critics from the lower pit <laughs> say amen. amen. Good. Because these higher critics would have us to believe that Jesus didn't understand that he was quoting someone who really didn't exist. This is what they're telling you. Now, not unless, of course, the prophecies are too accurate because God wrote them. Because God knows the end from the beginning. Because God lives outside of time-space continuum. So God knows everything. So if God wrote these prophecies now, and if you factor in God in the equation like we talked about on Sunday, then what's the problem? What would be the question? That is why the prophecies are accurate. And the truth be told, people want to argue prophecy, and specifically chapter 2. Why? Why? Because here, and I was thinking about this today, why do people want to argue? Because here's, here's a simple point. If I accept the early date for, for Daniel, that Daniel is Daniel, and that Daniel, Daniel chapter 2 specifically, is really prophetic, then I have to admit that there is someone who stands outside time that gave Daniel this prophecy, and that someone is God. And if there's a God, and the Bible is his word, and the prophecies prove it, then I have to be accountable to God and submit to his authority, and people don't want to do that. That's kind of the simple truth. 
I don't want to admit that this word is truly prophetic because if I do, then that means there's a God and now I got to do what he says. And if I don't know Jesus or I don't know this God, this, this, this one God, not many gods, not multi-God, not polytheism, not the God of whatever, not a head of lettuce worshiping God, but the one and true and only God, I got to submit myself to him. I have got to make myself accountable to him. I've got to find out what he says and I've got to do it. And they don't want to do that. So they'd rather have stupid arguments and debates about God's word. Now, again, tonight, Daniel chapter 2. Are you taking notes in your Bibles, chapter 2? I find this one of the most fascinating things I have ever read in my entire life. You might want to write that in the heading of your Bible. Fascinating, chapter 2. Just, just write the word fascinating, over chapter 2, and hold on to your hats. Daniel chapter 2, saints, beginning in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. And so they came, and they stood before the king. And the king, in verse 3, said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice the Bible says in verse 1, it's in the second year of King Nebuchadnezzar's reign, he had a dream and his spirit was troubled. Someone once said, there is never a head so restless as the head that wears the crown. I think that's true. Now, keep in mind that Nebuchadnezzar, if you were with us last week or you know anything about history, you know that Nebuchadnezzar is the most powerful potentate and ruler in the history of mankind. I was going to say during this time, no, ever. The most powerful potentate and ruler ever in the history of the world. And he's lying on his bed and he's wondering what the future will hold for the empire. Now, we know that what he's thinking later on in Daniel, we'll take a look at it a little bit later, later on in this chapter. We know he's lying on his bed. And he's thinking about what the future will hold for the empire. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, what does he do? He calls the magi magi magicians. I, I keep wanting to say he calls the musicians. And uh, maybe he should have called the musicians. They probably know more than these guys because they don't know much. But, but, but he calls the magicians and the astrologers. And he said, I have had a dream and my spirit is grieved. Now, let's be clear about something. The Lord does speak through visions and dreams. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I don't know, Elvira and I had an opportunity to share with you how we came here to North Carolina. And largely, I don't know if you got that, but largely we moved here because God continued to show us visions and dreams. God does move and God does speak through visions and dreams all the way through the scriptures. Jacob, Joseph, 
Solomon, Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, all had visitations from the Lord in dreams. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams. Which must mean I'm an old man. I had a bunch of dreams. So God does speak in visions and dreams. When you go to sleep at night, God doesn't tuck you in and say, okay, see you in the morning. He doesn't do that. You see, God oftentimes will speak to you in your dreams. Now, don't think every dream will have spiritual significance. I know people like that. They have a dream that somehow they turned into a Big Mac. And they were walking around, and they ran into McDonald's, and they got shot. Pastor Rodney, what does this mean? It's like, I don't know what it, maybe you're hungry. Go buy a Big Mac. Maybe you'll get not hungry. <laughs> not every dream has spiritual significance. Not all dreams are an inspiration. Some dreams are just indigestion. It could have been the pizza. It could have been the tamales. I don't know. Some dreams are. But if you have a dream, I'll tell you this. If you have a dream from the Lord, and it is from the Lord, God will make that known to you. You will wake up. There will be no question as to whether this was the Lord or not. There won't be any question. Now, whether you'll know the interpretation of that or not, maybe not. But you'll know it's the Lord. Look, if God gave you a dream, and he was giving it to you so that he could speak to you about whatever, fill in the blank. You can count on it. God will make it clear to you what that dream was all about. You won't have to figure it out. God will make it clear to you it was him, and he'll speak to you about what it was about. Now, I want you to notice in verses 3 through Verse 13, I want you to read that in your own time because we don't have time for it tonight. We've got a lot to cover, but I want to tell you basically what the verses say. You can read it in your own time. Verses 3 through 13, what we have is King Nebuchadnezzar who's having a dream. He woke up. He called the astrologers. He called them magicians. I almost said it again. And he called the Chaldeans. And the king told them, get this, that he had a dream and that he wanted them to tell him what the dream was and what the dream meant. Now, that's a tall bill to fill. And he said, and if you magicians, astrologers, and sorcerers, and evil people, you can't tell me what the dream is and what the dream means. He says, I'm going to cut you in pieces and burn down your house. This king was something else. I'm going to cut you in pieces and burn down your house. Now, I'll tell you why he wanted them to tell him the dream, because he didn't trust them. Because he knew that they were fakes. Because he knew later on in the chapter, you'll see it, he questioned the fact of whether they were really talking to anybody in the future, understanding anything in the future, understanding anything about, you know, future events and things of that nature. So he didn't trust them. 
And he said, I tell you what, you tell me what the dream is. How do I know? And then you tell me what it means. He says, and if you do, I'll give you a reward. But if you don't, I'll cut you in pieces and burn down your house. And then in verse 10 of this chapter, they said, King Nebiness, we can't do that. Look at it in your Bibles. There is not a man on earth who can do that. And that's an important statement because we've talked about this in the past. Satanic worship, magicians, astrologers, people calling the psychic hotline. Stay away from it. Amen, saints? Tarot cards, Ouija boards, palm reading, people who make their living communicating with the dead. John Edwards is one of the guys. He's one of those people who communicate with the dead. Sylvia Brown. These are all very popular people nowadays who talk to people, they say, who are dead. Can I tell you something? Stay away from it. Kids, stay away from that stuff. Don't let your friend, oh, well, let's get in the Ouija board. It's just a game. No, it isn't. It's evil. It's wrong. It's scary. And what you will do is you will open the door for demonology and demon possession and the occult. It is bigger than you could possibly think. And not only that, but Deuteronomy 18 tells us believers to stay away from that stuff. You don't want nothing to do with anything evil. I don't read books about evil stuff. I don't study evil stuff. I don't need to know everything about evil stuff. Neither do you. I tell you what, if you know this word, you will be equipped for anything. Could you all say amen? Amen. You see, people want to study the books and study the arts and study the crafts and study the, so I can know how to witness to my friends. Don't do it. Stay away from it. It's wrong and it's evil. And I'll tell you what, most of the stuff you see from these guys anyway is fake. And I don't even have time to go in there. I did a whole research thing. I just got to, they, 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 they throw out a bunch of questions, leading questions, and people take a bite. And they, oh, I, I'm talking to, I, I hear, a, I, I, there's a guy with a name, M, and he's talking to an audience of like 5,000 people. You know what I mean? Oh, somebody died with a name that starts with an M. M, yeah, that was my grandfather. Yeah, yeah, that was me. His name was Mickey Marky Michael. Yeah, that was me. And all they're doing is throwing out a bunch of little baits so people can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before you know, you're just honing on the right person, and they got you. He tells me that he's doing great. <laughs> I'm amazed that people like really get into this stuff. I mean, they get into this stuff and this guy's making millions and millions and millions. Not millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars on people and they're gullible. You know, stay away from that stuff. It's a very powerful spiritual force. And when you start to mess with it, you're opening up yourself to the occult realm. One thing we can learn about this, talking about these um, astrologers and sorcerers, one thing we can learn about them in this text, and you'll read it in your own time, there are limits on the devil. There are limits on the devil. The devil can't predict the future, and that's why these men couldn't really help the king. And so the king was angry. 
And then he gave the command to destroy all the wise men in Babylon. And then in verse 13, look at it in your Bible. The decree went out and the killing began and they sought Daniel and his friends. Notice in verse 14. Then when, then, then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch. This is like the king's, um, kill guy. You know, he goes out and, like the hit guy, whatever, he goes out and kills all the people that, or gets people to do it. He's kind of in charge of it. So then, 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 then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent, Daniel said. And then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. And so Daniel went in, notice boldly went in, and asked the king to give him time, that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, his buddies, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret, and so, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Now, notice that Daniel knew that his life is in jeopardy. And so he went in and he said, King, would you give me a day? I will tell you the dream and the meaning. And notice what Daniel did, what we should do. You know, see what he did? He went and got some guys around him who he knew had a relationship with God. You know, when you got problems, in situations in your life. Don't go around people who don't pray. Don't go get counsel from people who don't know God. Daniel didn't. He went and got his friends who he knew had a relationship with God, and they had a powerful prayer meeting that night. Now, remember, I told you in time past, turn your cares into prayers. Remember? Interesting here, Nebuchadnezzar took his problems to bed and Daniel took his problems to God. I think that's great because we should give our problems to God. You know, I, I think of that song, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. That's what Daniel did. Someone once said, when you have a burden and sleepless nights, don't count sheep, talk to the shepherd. And so Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that's what they did. They talked to the shepherd. And then notice in verse 19, then notice after the prayer meeting, after they talked to the shepherd, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings and he gives wisdom to the wise. You want to know about God? Here you go. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. And then Daniel said, I thank you, God, and I praise you. God, O oh God of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. 
for you have made known to us the king's demand. I love that. Daniel, Daniel goes to God. He asked God for an answer. God gave Daniel the answer in a night vision. And notice the first thing that Daniel did. He worshiped the Lord. You know, there's a thin line between worship and wonder. Thin line. He worshiped the Lord and he wondered at the awesomeness of God. And Daniel was saying, Lord, you're awesome and you blow me away. Daniel was a man of faith. And the reason Daniel could boldly go before the king is because with all of his heart, Daniel believed in the goodness of God and in the faithfulness of God. That's why he could go before the king. You see, God is good. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.